For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to uh, What A Night, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. Uh, Before we get into the good, the bad, the ugly and the beautiful over the course of the last 24 hours in all things Spurs, got a bone to pick with you lot. Started the pod last week with some big chat about uh, two of us being big match bottlers. (laughs) Sean Wolf, just because he didn't turn up for one podcast, Sean Wolf, getting jabs in early doors. A little, little bit of um, a little bit of this there, Sean, from you, Sean, from you missing the week before. You started it. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just giving it back. You know, I've got to defend myself. Yeah, I really, Sean, I Sean needs to remember who made him. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says this like once every month on this pod. Oh, he's remember who made him. <laughs> oh, oh. Dan just sides around on Twitter just telling people that he made them. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Let me, let me introduce everyone one by one because we've got a very special guest on the pod today. So Hunter's with us. Hunter, how are you, sir? Yes, very well, mate. And Dan, all good? Very well. Shawnee, you don't even get an intro, since you were slagging <laughs> everyone off last week. <laughs> and welcome to the pod, Jamie Weir. Well, what a pleasure to have you, mate. Thanks so much for coming on. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, always a treat. Hey. If we had any technology backing us whatsoever, we'd have rapturous applause going on, but we've got nothing. So. Or just like Derude Sandstorm playing when I was. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> to, to, sorry, just, to, just on that. When, when the Derude Sandstorm plays and then they do a VAR check, that is an. I mean, you're in the stadium, but how awkward is that? Even on TV. It's like. And then it just goes silent. And Kane was just looking at the screen going. Is that a goal? Or... He would <laughs> Don't be, make them get the roof for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been seething yesterday if that had been ruled out mm. as well. Absolutely seething. So there was a, there's a really funny, um, there's, a, there's a guy that I work with there who commented to me the other day, like I was saying how much I love Sandstorm because it almost feels like we're trolling now. Mm. You know, it sort of comes on at 3-1 and makes it four and you're just like, this is delicious. And he's like, I hate it. I was like, why? And he said, because every single time you try and edit any promo whatsoever, you can't insert any music into it because every bit of atmosphere you hear, yeah. <laughs> 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 
yeah, they're just good. so good. What music, no, gonna have to... what music do they play at Anfield when a goal is scored? Because, I mean, it's been such a long time. That I'm, I'm... <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> do you know who's got a really weird... I think Wolves have got, like, some really pounding techno as well. And I sort of... But when I heard that, like, them score, which, again, is another rarity, but them play their music, I was like... Get off our patch. Yeah, <laughs> come the on, doing Euro track. They should have off. some soft Portuguese guitar music now, surely. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Absolutely. And you could t- I think you can tell from the start of this pod that we're all in relatively chipper moods um, because it was just great fun yesterday. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Johnny, I'm going to start with you. Even you must have had your, your sort of cold Mourinho heart melted by that performance. Yeah, and I was thinking that I think, out of fairness today, I'm going to go and update the did Spurs play well spreadsheet because I think we've had a, good, a few good performances in a row now. So it'd be nice yeah, to see I'm what that is looking like. But I'm yeah, it was. To... No, go on. Go on, mate, sorry. Yeah, it's just kind of enjoyable that, you know, we didn't go into a game, get the goal, and then look to see. Like, I know we sat deep a little bit, but it could have really gone badly from there we could have proper sat off we could have gone in at half time with our heads properly down and come out for another bad start to the second half but it was the complete opposite we came out we were roaring we scored three really great goals and it's just shown that it didn't have to always be so bad throughout the winter that this was always in us we we do have the quality to challenge and post-match it was this lovely kind of uh chat about um, it being the perfect time for Palace to score. Jamie, it didn't feel like that at the time, did it? <laughs> it didn't feel like that if you're a fan. We were just talking about you spend that 15-minute break at halftime just going, why did we concede right in the stroke <laughs> of halftime? And sort of seeing tweets from people like Dan saying, Zaha coming on for the second half. And like, oh, God, this is only going one way. But I thought what was really interesting to pick up on Sean's point was Jose saying that he was happy that Palace scored when they did because it gave them a kick up the arse and it meant they have to had to come out for the second half and play some attacking football. And how many times have we seen protecting that one the lead and then the opposition score in the 85th minute and there's nothing you can do? Whereas the fact that it happened when it did was kind of a blessing in disguise. And um, yeah, like all of us, I'd probably feared the worst at halftime, but so nice to see that second half performance. Hunter, what did you think? Were you sort of... Were you worried that we we're about to go into sort of retreat mode for the second half? Do you know what Jamie's, Jamie? Jamie said exactly what I was thinking. As it as it went in, I had a moment of utter frustration. Then I was like, "But, <laughs> <laughs> but it does mean that we have to come out and get the get the lead again." And and we've seen when Spurs tend to throw away that one goal lead, that that final five ten minutes, they attack like crazy. They and they're brilliant. And you sort of think, "God, I would have liked to have seen this a little bit earlier." And they press. And they harry and they all look like at it. And what happened was that goal kicked them into life. As Jamie said, it kicked them into life. They pushed high up up the pitch again. Palace couldn't get out. Palace couldn't hold the ball. I think uh, Eze coming off didn't didn't help them. Zaha, if he'd started and he'd been fit, would have been more of an more of an issue. Um, but all in all, yeah, the second half was about as perfect a performance from Spurs as I've seen this year. It was it was brilliant. Right, apologies for the small break in proceedings, but we just wanted to give you a quick message from our new sponsor. That's right, we're a branded podcast now. So Support for a What a Night is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. 
Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, so come along and join the fun. We have an exclusive offer for listeners of Oh What A Night, 20% off, plus free shipping with the code 90min20. So get involved, get 20% off, and don't use the same trimmer that you use on your face as you use on your crown jewels. And what was your, like, what was your kind of like lasting take when you came away from it and you had the, the, the benefit of kind of hindsight? Yeah, I just think with the benefit of hindsight, I just agree with the lads, really, that it was much better to concede that goal in first half stoppage time than, than 20 minutes later or even 40 minutes later. And, yeah, it proved the, the catalyst for, for just a really strong second half display. Um, I think it looked a little bit, like 85 minutes on 35 minutes, which which was a bit troubling. And Mourinho himself said, you know, that there was this period at the end of the first half where we just dropped off a bit. And, you know, perhaps you, you, you normally wouldn't pay the price for that. And it was Palace's first real chance of note. But yeah, the second half was, was just so great. And I think, you know, for the first time in, in you know, two and a half months, really, you were looking at the squad and thinking, there's real competition for places suddenly. Um, you know, I don't know if we're going to come on to that, but just... Let, let's the, kick it off, Dan. You can start the good stuff with that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think most fans, it's fair to say, would, would have looked at the lineup with uh, Lucas coming in for Ali and, as one of three changes and, and you know, not loved it, right? And thought, oh, you know, I wish, you know, I wish Delhi was, was staying on or, or maybe Ndombele was in there or something. But Lucas really justified his inclusion. He led the press really well. He, he made the all-important breakthrough because it was a bit, it was, it was sharp, but it wasn't particularly incisive in the first 25 minutes, apart from that Son header. But then Lucas winning the ball off Milivojevic was, was really the turning point to allow Kane and Bale to combine. So he justified his, his place. I think Ali did it at, at Fulham by, by making the goal or scoring the goal. Um, and then as Hunter pointed out before we started recording, and Lacelso should be back this week, Lamella came on and I love that Lamella pass to Son for the fourth goal. It was, it was amazing. So suddenly you're, you're looking at the team and thinking there's these three superstar forwards, but loads of competition for the fourth forward spot. Also had that feel, didn't it, Jamie? Of that had it got to 60 minutes, every single one of those players would be desperate not to come off, but there was just too much firepower on the bench to leave it if it had stayed at one all. Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting what Dan says about we are seeing that strength and depth now. And it's it annoys me at times. I'm going to have my little soapbox moment here. You know, Twitter is a cesspool. We all know that. <laughs> Unfortunately, we all need it for our line of work. But often in recent weeks, what has annoyed me more rather than a bad result, and I stress the word result rather than performance, because sometimes what I think are quite good performances, like the defeat at West Ham or the defeat to Everton in the Cup, are sort of lumped in with defeats, the defeats to Brighton and Chelsea, which were pretty abject. But people don't analyze the performance, they analyze the result, and they just, and you get just Twitter saying, oh my God, they're all a waste of space. X, Y, and Z all need to be sold. They're all useless. They're not fit to play non-league football. He needs to be sacked. This needs to happen. Only Kane and Son should be kept in the summer. We should sell the other 23, buy 23 <laughs> more in. And it's just, it's all so reactionary and over the top. And I've been saying, even when we went through that sticky patch, we're, we're not a million miles away and we've got a really strong squad. It just was the sort of perfect storm of fatigue, and a drop in confidence and a drop in form for some key players. And we've now hopefully turned that corner. And 
yeah, I've sort of I've gone off on a, on a rant no, here. No, but you, you make a really good point. Say. Really good point uh, about saying that we're not that far off because no. suddenly the table yesterday, when you looked at it, it was sort of like, hang on, well, this is it. And this happened after the defeat at West Ham. People were saying, well, that's it. Top four is completely out of reach now. I was like, well, it's not really when you look at the points and the fact that nobody's really sort of grasping the nettle and, you know, pulling away from the rest of the pack in terms of, with the exception, obviously, of Manchester City. But, um, you know, Jose Mourinho himself said it. We, we got a lot of the sort of tough fixtures out of the way now. We've played Liverpool twice, Manchester City twice, Chelsea twice. And then we had that favourable run of games. And sure enough, we've taken nine points in the space of a week. And it's just... it's. That sort of, we had none of us have been in the stadium with the exception of a few of us. Well, Ben and Dan have um, all the time for home games, but you know, when you're not in a stadium and you don't have those 62,000 fans to sort of gauge the sort of reaction from, Twitter's your only sort of barometer to judge how the fans are feeling, and that's a very dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like there are a lot of very good players in that squad, they're not all completely hopeless. And you know, I think Champions League, Premier League, Europa League. FA Cup and League Cup winning manager Jose Mourinho, who works with these players day in, day in, day out, probably has a better idea about players than at shelf side Dave 61. So <laughs> should be nowhere near the squad. That's what that's what get annoys me. So anyway, whew, I'm gonna breathe now. Rant over. I really hope that's a real Twitter account. Feeling personally attacked. Yeah. (laughs) Consider yourself got five new followers, mate. (laughs) Um, But but you you are right, Joe. The squad deck was was there for everyone to see yesterday. And I don't know if anyone um, saw the Spurs TV interview with Jose Mourinho at full time. This really nice turn of phrase about Endon Bele had had his moment sitting next to me. And now Hoybier's earned his moment sitting next to me for Thursday, which I thought was really, really nice. Did anyone else see that? No. So essentially, he sort of said that Endon Balea played so well that he'd earned a break. He'd basically earned the opportunity to sit there. And we'll come on to talk about his attire in a bit. But um, I just thought that was a really telling uh, interview because we've, up until... I don't know, three months ago, I just don't think we're anywhere near that. I don't think we're anywhere near the idea of him genuinely seeing him as so important in the, in a central uh, position, slightly deeper as well, that he thinks, right, gonna take you out completely, give Harry Winks a run out and, and, and then get your energy strong for the, for the back end of the season. I still think people are incredibly harsh about Harry Winks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know this is about Ndombele, but I thought he had a quietly very good game yesterday. Going, I, thought, I thought he controlled, controlled what he could quite well, albeit the game was a little bit further up the pitch a lot of the time. And uh, and he covered really well. He covers. He does cover ground quite quite quickly. Winks and you know he gets back and he makes important blocks and challenges. And there's a, 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 again, you know, it is the Twitter sphere that sort of has decided that he should be nowhere near the the squad, which is quite ridiculous when you think about, especially when you think about the lack of options we have in central midfield. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give him a little shout out. You know, it's a four-one win with him in the middle. Yeah, he has to have played quite well. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to give you free reign on Gareth Bale. You can go first on him. <clears throat> well, I think you saw, again, we sort of discussed it on this before, but I think you saw a lot of the new Gareth Bale yesterday, the the one that we'd been told about by Jose Mourinho um, as more of a creative outlet. So I, I had no idea his, pa- his passing range was quite like this, 
to be honest. He's picking balls left, right and centre. He's got his waiting passes fantastically. And then he's a fox in the box, especially that, that second goal. Um, that second goal is just getting the, the step on the centre-back. You know, the centre-back should win that header. But Gareth Bell predicts what's coming from Kane and makes the run five yards, five yard sprint, gets there before the centre-back heads it in. It, it's, it's, I mean... It's not what I expected from him, but I'm absolutely loving this sort of new new age bail. Johnny, I'm I, I, I'm going to give Harvard referencing here to uh, Rule the Roost podcast, who described watching uh, Bale and Kane play together and the imagery that comes with it as fan fiction. <laughs> Is that how you feel seeing those two <laughs> celebrating goals together? It definitely is because let's face it; these are two of the best players to have ever played for Spurs. Like that—that that is it. And they come—they came from different kinds of areas. Like Bale was with us when we first really emerged the Champions League side, and he like took us through those first kind of um, memories of like what this new Tottenham is. And he left us as the best player in the Premier League. He left us as this hero who saved us every single week, it felt like, when by the time he left. And then Kane most a couple of seasons later and he was doing the same and he was in a more well-rounded team and he had better players around him, but he was like the leader of that. He's one of our own. And this is what we were all thinking about when Bale came back in September. It was like, we're going to get to see Bale with the other really good players that can come around him. We're going to see like these kind of, it's like a crossover event. Like That's what it is. Like, it's like, Oh, a lab. Batman versus know, Superman. Good <laughs> I was, was going to say that, but I, th- I think this is better than Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Wasn't that a big flop? This is this is Bale and Kane. Bale and Kane on its own is it's just, it's just, it's just the best crossover. Yeah. I think that's the reason there was so much excitement about the Fulham from for the, the kind of Basque or slag or whatever, whatever we're calling it. <laughs> slag, sorry. Um, <laughs> Um, Slag is the one I and, came up for last night. Yeah, I've just realised that. Yeah, Slag, <laughs> yeah. Slag was your um, your one, including Lucas. Um, but that, that that they're kind of, I mean, with the caveat that the modern era is, is a kind of meaningless phrase that can mean whatever you want. They're four of the the, the kind of greatest Spurs players of the modern era, I think. Um, I think so. That that's, Kane, that's why Kane so and Bale are are the two best players to have ever played for Spurs in all of our lifetime of watching Spurs I'm comfortably mm. the oldest of the five people here I'd imagine do you, but, do you put do you put them miles ahead of Klinsman yeah well at the stage that Klinsman played for Spurs definitely he was just on in the sort of Indian summer summer of his career when he arrived at Spurs but you know I'm just believe it or not just about too young to remember <laughs> Uh, hodling <laughs> gas like, still in my 30s both in our 30s so um, I'm still, just a little bit too young to remember hodling gas going out they're very pomp so I think from 1991 onwards they're the best two ever players to play for Spurs and now they're playing together and I got a little ripple of excitement when we beat Brighton 2-1 in the season and the score sheet said Bale and Kane <laughs> but last night seeing it say Bale and Kane twice is just even yeah. more like oh my god are we actually witnessing this yeah I, you know think- you know when they were pointing at each other after the first goal yeah and you know that meme of Leonardo DiCaprio sitting on his sofa pointing <laughs> that was me i was like look, look, look at what they love each other i love you i love you <laughs> you feel a little bit you feel a little bit sad for sonny though that he's neither that's <laughs> he got in on the act eventually didn't yeah, he he got his assist 
No one likes a third. I think breaking breaking the record was was a little reminder that their partnership is still the king, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. it was just kind of him saying to Bell, like, "Yeah, fine, but don't forget, yeah. we're literally the best combination." <laughs> or they will be. They will be the best combination ever in the Premier League quite soon. I think they, yeah, can, only, yeah. they can only be a few off. Probably be, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll do it this season. Be quite nice if they did it against Arsenal next weekend, right? Because the the current <laughs> holders are is it Perez and Omri? Or... No, it's, it's, no, uh, it's Drogba and Lampard. Drogba and Lampard, yeah. Drogba and Lampard. Yeah, so I think... Never mind then, bit... still be nice to do it against Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it might be four to go now, maybe, or five to go. So if they can do it with five goals next week, I mean, I'm absolutely <laughs> take, take that next Sunday, wouldn't be bad at all. Um, they won, won 4-1 Arsenal. win against Crystal Palace and suddenly all of our expectations have <laughs> gone completely. I think we should probably touch on the defence as well. Because other than one moment before half time, on the whole, defensively, I, I thought we were pretty good. Sean, you'll give me the, the most, I guess, level take on this. How good was, was Davinson Sanchez yesterday? How good was Toby Alvaro yesterday? I thought they were good. And I think coming away from watching the goal a few times back, I don't think that there's too much they could have done about the Benteke header. I think Benteke, by the time it goes out to the wing, and Doggerty's not really pressing Van Hart anyway. I think at that point, Benteke's got the run up that he needs without either Alderweireld or Sanchez fouling him. Um, so I think that's a bit, it's harsh to kind of put down them, but just generally they're, they're looking more solid every week. It's good that we finally got a back two that are really strong together. I think Doggerty, like before and after that goal was quite good as well. It's probably one of his yeah, better performances for us. And I was very, at half time, I was half thinking of, doing just a little bit on regular because I thought he was absolutely outstanding yesterday. So he's good. Class class above whenever he plays. Like he's always in the top three performers whenever he mm. plays for us. It's, it's so, so so nice to have. It's the way that he goes about doing things. Like, oh he's gonna make a tackle. He's gonna absolutely make a tackle. He's gonna slam through it. There was one where the ball was going out of play and he just like two footed out of play. I was like, yes, I love that. I love the way um, but it, as we said before, I think someone put it out last week that we were having a go. I wasn't having a go. I was just saying the step up from Ben Davis to Regulon is the is the largest gap in the Spurs squad now for me. When you have to when you have to swap the, between the left backs, and I'm, I totally understand we need to. He's come back from an injury, but it's a it's a real drop off with Davis, and that's not a shot at Davis. It's more how good Regulon is. No, I think um, I, I'm a big Ben Davis admirer and I think yeah. he, you know, he does a job for the squad and some people, going back to our previous conversation, the Twitter brigade are a little bit too quick to jump on his back. But I completely agree with you in terms of the transformative effect it has on the entire team <coughs> when yeah. Regulon is in there is just unbelievable. I would love to know how many blades of grass he covers because <laughs> it seems like he's everywhere. Mm. And Ben and I were there for his debut in the Carabao Cup against Chelsea at the stadium. When he had that first 20 minutes where it was like a headless chicken and he just wanted to impress so much. <laughs> yeah. And he, had, you know, slid on and on, was it Aspilicueta and missed him by about 20 minutes. <laughs> um, and, and from that moment, it's just been everything he's touched has turned to gold. And he's just the energy and the intensity that he brings to the side. As soon as I see his name in the team sheet, I think, right, we're going to get a really, you know, energetic, fast, you know, pressing performance today. Um, whereas sometimes when he's not there, it can be quite turgid and you know on the back foot the whole time. I think it'd be hard to be a, a tempo setter at left back as well. Like we can't yeah. overlook that. So that's utterly amazing. I really hope 
Madrid are turning a blind eye to his performances. <laughs> well, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say something on that, Sean. I think the confidence that he, having him on the left brings the other players in leaving, they're they're able to just leave that space, uh, sort of in the knowledge that Regulon can make the ground up. Do you know what I mean? They don't have to cover it too massively because he is so quick that if the ball gets over there, he's back. He's back in. He's probably sliding in. You know, I, I just love him. What a player. What a, what a joy. Do we need to be quietly inserting into the good Dan um, uh, Doherty as well? I know the guy said that he kind of had a good good patch, but if you look at a lot of the, forgive me for being a nerd, if you look at a lot of the key passes from yesterday, they were coming from the right-hand side, either switching over to the left or just kind of little passes inside into dangerous areas. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the stats you're referring to, I'm afraid. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not a nerd. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, come what on. What have man. you been doing with your money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought, in ter- like, just in terms of the eye test, I, I did think he was um, he was better, and obviously he got that kind of fire assist for Kane, the sort of Tom Carroll esque short pass. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I, I still, yeah, I, I still, I still think, I still have con- sort of concerns about his his confidence more than anything else and his form because I, I think he had a, had a difficult uh, evening at Fulham and, and Jose kind of made a point of bigging him up afterwards. I think he probably knew Mourinho that Aurier wasn't going to be fit for the weekend, so he made a point of saying, "I was so so happy with with Doherty and and I guess that that that's you know that that that's all he can do, just try and kind of play him back into to some form and confidence. But I would feel. Um, more comfortable if if Aurier was fit for the North London derby and it was Doherty midweek against uh, Zagreb. Mm. Yeah, you sort of almost get. We're getting to that point now where the team's starting to select itself in so many positions across the board. It's quite a nice time to have that, considering we're on this quite uh, steep run in. Um, let, let's let's jump onto the bad. We're going to stay on this for literally no time at all because it was such a good day yesterday. But Hunter, it was. It, it was certainly the wrong time to concede, wasn't it? It was. It, it was just a reminder that if the ball goes out, apparently it's still you know the left wing for the opponent is still a place of concern for us. That that we have conceded. It must be strange for Jose Mourinho because it's sort of how much more can he spend on saying don't let the cross come in, don't give away a foul, and make sure that you're marking your man in the middle and. The, the, as Sean said, we're not gonna we're not gonna dwell on it too much. But Doherty doesn't block the cross, doesn't make enough of an effort to get to the cross either. And Alderweireld's just gone to sleep for two seconds, which means Benteke's got in front of him. Whereas I think if they were side to side, he can do enough with his body to sort of put him off. It, you know, like you said, let's not dwell on it because the response from that was absolutely brilliant and something we haven't seen uh, much this season. So yeah, but just a reminder that defensively. We're not perfect. We're not good. We're not quite there yet. Uh, I'll chuck this out into the mix because we are quick to say when Jose gets it wrong. but um, and, and a lot of people have, have, have made the point as well. A lot of people talking about whether Jose does enough on the, on the touchline at times, whether he's kind of like up there enough at the... I think we actually spoke about it on the pod last week, right? About him not necessarily being kind of at the beginning of the second half, not necessarily out there and making sure that he's right in the ear of the players, um, which I definitely, definitely have, have, have seen in parts. But he, ahead of the goal in the 44th or 45th minute, he was standing there going, no cross, no cross, no cross. <laughs> sure enough, the ball just sails into the box and then mm-hmm. bullets it into the corner. It's like, 
kind of was saying is yeah. make sure you he get did just say ground. 15 <laughs> times no cross <laughs> yeah. like screaming it at the top of his lungs um, let, let's come into the, the ugly bit Jamie we're about to put you in the most uncomfortable position possible um, I didn't see Sunes and Keane going to town on Gareth Bale who had just got an assist and two goals and played brilliantly basically mm. run the game um, until I got home and there was all this chat again on on the kind of holy grail that is Twitter but um, there was all this chat about how Keane and uh, uh, Keane and had just pretty much lost their shit about Bale and I thought surely this is a joke and then I went and had a look I just have no idea what happened Jamie I'll, I'll, I'll leave you out so you don't have to, so you don't have to take the piss I was just about to say I was just about to say yeah so I don't know too much about Dinamo Zagreb but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna plead the fifth on this yeah. and sit back and watch you guys so Sean you would have been I'm assuming you were in post-match presser at yeah. this time and Dan the same so Hunter did you see this yeah yeah I saw it I sort of had, I wasn't I have to say I, I never paid too much attention post-match um, anyway, I have it on, but it's more just like if there's a point coming up. But it did, it, it caught my attention to the, to the point where did I was sitting you? there going, "What are you on about? What are, <laughs> what are we What are we watching? What have you?" And it just seemed bizarre because there were so many good points that had just come from the game and the game before and the game before, and that it just seemed like there had been again. I think I said it the other day. Sometimes I feel like people go into these things knowing what they want to talk about, and they get sort of stuck. On, on on those points and it felt yesterday like again someone had sort of decided this was gonna maybe even like the producer had said this is what we're gonna talk about post game and they were like sat there talking about it and they they wind each other up don't they they get they get get a little bit um <laughs> you know they, they take it too Very far sometimes age. but but it's I mean the thing the thing as you said Spurs Twitter went off they did not enjoy <laughs> the post-match chat um <laughs> But you know, I don't think you know. Great television, wasn't it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> phenomenal. That is great. Yeah. Always, always wonderful lighting. I always think audio mm. quality is crisp. Um, yeah. the, the, Dave, the... Jones, Dave Jones, polished presenter. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm my career is providing the balance. I, I can't get enough of all four of them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I um, Gareth Bale gave a like, he gave a really good interview after the game, and I got to say, I, I I think he's um I think he's not just changing now in terms of the way he's carrying himself. I think he's a different bloke in interviews as well. I think he's starting to kind of starting to talk as if he's earned the right to talk. Mm. If that makes sense, he's starting to talk with a little bit more punch in what he's saying, as opposed to kind of almost bashful and apologetic, like. Sorry, I cost so much money to be here. Like, he's now sort of now really a bit quite well. It's just quite lively, and and he gave a really nice answer on Son as well, um, saying that that Sonny was kind of absolutely fine with the fact that the goals are being shared around. But I don't know if does anyone else see this. This was, I think it was last week when when Son it was actually it was against Burnley when Son didn't Son didn't score and he'd done everything but. And he was just walking down the tunnel, absolutely livid, just furious. Joe Hart sort of had his arm round him, like, come on, mate. It's all right. I'd, That's because Sonny's like that because he knows what his dad's going to say later on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> God, that's frightening, that documentary. It's <laughs> genuinely quite frightening. I think you're right, though, Ben. But 
you know, it's not it's no secret with Gareth Bell when he's enjoying himself, he plays better. He enjoys he enjoys himself, and his football comes with that. And when he when he's confident in the people around him, as you see with Wales, you know, Wales fans were telling us before this guy is still world class. I don't care what people are saying in Madrid. Don't believe what the papers are saying, Madrid. This guy turns up for us. And, you know, Scott, who we work with, Hainsey, was like, he's, he's just brilliant. He's still a brilliant footballer. And I think it's taken him a while. And I think I said it to you guys before, didn't I? I, I, I said to you, I don't think we'll see anything from Bale until post-Christmas. I think it's going to take a while. And then I sort of lost faith faith in that myself and sort of went, hey, crap, where are you going? Got it. <laughs> um, but now we're seeing it. We're seeing him comfortable, enjoying himself. He looks happy. Him and Kane are now creating something which I think is really important, you know, because the two sort of superstars uh, creating something between them. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, it, we're all enjoying it, right? Gives you just a warm yeah, I mean, in the pit of your stomach to see him with a smile on his face and <laughs> obviously enjoying his football again. And yeah, you know, there was, even in January or, you know, late December, anytime the Spurs Twitter account put out pictures of Gareth Bale smiling and training. You can guarantee there'd be a plethora of replies saying, oh, we're paying 200 grand a week for a glorified <laughs> cheerleader. I don't want to see him smiling and training. I want to see him on the pitch. But I, I tweeted after the Burnley game saying, you know, this is the most unprecedented, exhausting season in history. And at the point of the season when every squad is just absolutely shagged. I mean, look at Liverpool at the moment. At the mm. point when everyone is exhausted, mentally and physically drained, We've suddenly got a four-time Champions League winner who's fresh as a daisy and is coming into the side suddenly brimming with confidence. I mean, what a feather in your cap that is to have. And, uh, you know, if he'd been... I know the big frustration is, oh, why weren't we playing him earlier in the season? But if we'd been playing all season, week in, week out, three times a week, he probably wouldn't be in the same sort of rich vein of form he is at the moment, so... And just to pick up on that, well, firstly, Jamie, I think you need some kind of therapy or counselling over your sort of Twitter... Rage, obviously. <laughs> people, people are, people are getting in your head. Clearly, way too uh, arced. I need to go cold turkey and just delete that from my. Yeah, limit your screen time. Um, but just to, to pick up on that point, I, I was listening to Five Live on the on the way home, and Bale had done an interview with them, and and there is there is this 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 kind of element of frustration, I think, to to the form this week, and and especially Bale's form in that just think why couldn't this have happened sooner and actually the, the interview Bell did with Five Live he kind of made it very clear that he, he has just been building himself up to fitness um it, it was it, it very much kind of supported the the Mourinho narrative if you like um that he has he just hasn't been there until you know the last couple of weeks and he was you know he was saying perhaps it took a little longer but that's that's just my body and he was almost kind of apologetic for that so I, I did find that interesting that, that I, there doesn't seem to be any sense of of rift there or there doesn't seem to be any sense that this could have happened in November or or even December um it just seems to be the case that you know he, he really has to he really has had to to kind of build up um gradually back to this level it does feel like Dan as well there's like a, a, a fundamental misunderstanding of the type of guy that Gareth Bale is that people sort of talking about him as if he he should be like Robocop going in there and getting Jose Marino in a chokehold saying, play me. It's like, he's literally not that guy. He will never do that. Yeah, and, and, and I think the one of you just said, you know, a happy Gareth Bale is, is a is a kind of informed Gareth Bale. And I think that's that's right. You know, he, he, he looks like a... The, the whole 
vibe we've got from him since he came back to the club is that he's you know just been so much happier than he was in Madrid and and actually that's that's reflecting on the dressing room even when he wasn't playing well and yeah I, I think I think on the whole um Gareth Bale isn't the character that he's sort of been painted by marker and and AS you know he's not this hugely disruptive influence he's, he's just basically a guy that that kind of wants to play golf and and, and enjoys playing football and and isn't isn't really going to involve himself in in, in kind of the, the machinations of big club politics too much. Um, seeing as Dan and Jamie, you went on the pod last week, I'm interested to know, because the guys answered last week as to whether they would extend for an extra year. What do you both think? A hundred percent, but I, I don't know. Dan will probably have a better idea than I do about the sort of clauses in the contract and the agreement between Levy and Madrid. I don't know whether how easy it is to activate a clause which keeps them there for another year, but... I mean, you've got you've got to keep him for another year. I think I think if I everyone wants to do it, it would. Yeah, I think if everyone wanted to do it, if if it, it would obviously be be very very doable. And I, I think Madrid's kind of biggest fear is him him coming back and just being a drain on resources. I also just think like it's really gutting that he hasn't played in front of fans yet. I mean, that's what I was thinking it's, yesterday. It's kind of like quite sad, really. Like, yeah. how good would it be? How good would it be if, if you know, sixty thousand fans got to sort of witness a performance like yesterday and, and show their appreciation for him? So, I mean, just for that reason alone, I would kind of extend it for a few weeks and just start next <laughs> season, even if he, even if he goes off a cliff, just so he can sort of come out and have a have a um, sort of a, a wave at the crowd. Yeah, I did think yeah. that. Yeah, as as the game, as the second goal went in, I had this sudden realization that. Especially if, you know, no one really knows what's going to happen at the end of this season. But we're away for the last game of the season, aren't we? So even if there's fans at home grounds, it won't be it won't be our fans. It's, and, it sounds like everyone's going to have one home game, though. Which would, yeah, which would be yeah, amazing. Yeah. Obviously, we we still don't. I'm not I'm not trusting anything too much at the moment. But if it if it went if a year went by where we had Gareth Bale back and he had this incredible sort of renaissance with with our other world superstar and no one was in the stadium, no fans were in the stadium to see it, it would. That would be horrible. It would fit the year. It would fit the year, but it would be it would be really disappointing. It'd be, it'd be almost criminal if people didn't get to see that just that front three at least once. Mm, exactly. Know? And I mean, God knows what will happen, but fingers crossed. We're sitting there at the start of August, um, and it's like a gorgeous sunny day, and all three of them are on the score sheet, and it's probably end on Bello de Celso and Hoybier behind them as well. Such a treat. Um, and, and, and Brentford win 4 3. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be Spurs without it, would it? Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's talk the beautiful and let's just jump straight on in and do a Harry Kane loving. We're, like, I think, Sean, we've got to just appreciate that this is whatever happens with him over the next. 18 months, two years, whatever, we've got to appreciate now whilst he's in this vein of form that we're watching a, a, a truly next level talent at our club. Absolutely. And I think one of the surprising things about watching Kane and Bale is that they've both, in the last couple of years, been through some tough times of injury and fitness, but they both look like they're kind of reaching a second kind of peak again. And with Kane, that's come with adding this extra kind of string of skills to his game. Like he's not just pinging balls here and there, but he's getting assists. He's getting key passes. He's really involved in all that. He's the complete forward now. Like there is not a single weakness to his game. He can, if he wanted to, he can knock it past the defender and go run after it. He can, he can just do everything. And Jamie said earlier, like 
Kane and Bale are the two best Spurs players since the 90s. Kane has a real chance to go down as our best player ever. Our greatest goal scorer, the Premier League's greatest goal scorer. And I tweeted it yesterday. I think if he achieves those things, even if I'm assuming if Kane stays if like another six, seven years, he will win something at some point. But even if he doesn't, getting all those achievements is much more important than winning a few poxy league cups. <laughs> even though we take one in April, right? We'll, we? we'll take one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, beggars can't be choosers and stuff, but just saying. Yeah, I, I think I think something that was quite interesting, and I think as, as sort of what Sean is saying, he's become he's become less obsessed with scoring goals and more about getting this. His all round game is now more important. I think you saw that yesterday. You know, when he when he ghosts into the area, I think Kane a few years ago shoots there. I don't think he squares it to to Bale, but now he, he you know he's. I think he's desperate to win something, which is maybe maybe affecting that as well. But it also, he's just so brit. I mean, he is the best. Arguably, after De Bruyne, the second best passer in the league, and that weight of pass for that that bail goal, he makes it look very easy. I don't think it's that easy a pass with his wrong foot. You know, um, as as someone said, it's just an absolute pleasure to have him at the club. And I, I mean, other other fans still sort of underrate him for me massively. But I think that's that's part partially down to the fact that he doesn't have those that blistering pace or you know that. You know, he's not that clean a technique in terms of how he touches the ball. But for me, I mean, just... And then for us who have watched him every week, we just know he's just on a different level. And I think, you know, to an extent, Jose Mourinho is still divisive with a lot of the fan base. But I think Mourinho does deserve a lot of credit for Bale's progression... Uh, Kane, sorry, progression this season. Because, you know, we all watched the Amazon documentary and we saw that, you know, I can help you explode to the next level. <laughs> We all saw that, and he has done that. I mean, he is just a player that is adding more and more strings to his bow as every season progresses. And, um, you know, I think it, it may not have escaped your notice that I'm not English, um, but if I were <laughs> English, I would just be so proud to have Harry Kane as the captain of our national team. I get football allegiances and tribalism and all that, but put that to all one side. He's just a world-class talent who goes about his business in the right way, the, a hard-working professional who's just constantly looking to improve. I mean, he's just you know, a national treasure, to be honest. And I know that that won't go down well with Chelsea and Arsenal and whoever fans, but I'm guessing they probably don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> if they are listening, <laughs> get off. <laughs> find your own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dan, is there anything that you wanted to kind of touch on from Kane's performance yesterday? Or we pretty much summed it up. I just wanted to ask Jamie whether it's Kane or David Healy. Who, who would you most like to uh, go for a drink with? <laughs> go for a drink, probably David Healy. Yeah, same to be honest. <laughs> That's a completely different question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you know fine, Harry, fine. You know Harry's getting a tonic water with yeah. two cups of ice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's true. Uh, I just wanted yeah. to quickly point out. Sorry, go, go on, on Sean. I no, didn't have on. anything to add. You guys have all covered it, covered it really right. well. It was just a, a masterful performance. Mm. I was just going to say that I think... I think in Premier League history, there's only one player who's topped the goal charts and the assist charts in the same season. And I th think that was Henri. No, he didn't top the goal scoring charts that season. So there's, I don't think it's ever been done. So Kane's now leading the assist charts on 13. He's two clear of De Bruyne, three clear of Bruno and Grealish. He's now one off the top scoring charts of Salah. He's got 16 and Salah has 17. So there is a real chance for him to cement some more history this season. 
He's still underrated. He's still underrated, yeah. definitely. Like it's, it's, I mean, it's mad to say, but he definitely is. Um, and you, you do wonder if he was Brazilian or something. Do you know what I mean? Even, even that sort. Of, if he was a, a younger more, more Brazilian, yeah, yeah. Sense. Although I have to say, this week that bit of that, that bit of um, content he did for Spurs was brilliant, and it really did. I don't think you get to see Harry Kane that side of him very often because he is so professional in the way he goes about everything, including interviews um, and safe a lot of the time because he's England captain. So he has to be safe. You know, I'm not having a go. He does have to be safe. Um, but yeah, that was a slightly, uh, slightly more laid back approach. I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Finish up just um, by talking through this Thursday. Now Mourinho said that he's going to make changes. What would everyone go with in the starting lineup? Cause it's kind of an interesting one, isn't it? You almost think, You'd like to see a lot of players rested for the North London derby, but at the same time, if we could get our noses properly in front here, you can almost go a lot lighter in the second leg. So, Jamie, I'll start with you. Who would you like to see get games? I think you have to start strong on Thursday night because, I mean, I, I'll, I'll hold my hands up in a minute. I don't know too much about Dino Zagreb, so I don't know how strong they are. But... um I think you need to start with Kane and Son. I think you probably see Delhi come into the side. We're all saying we're hoping that Giovanni Lacelso might make his return for Thursday night as well. Serge Aurier hopefully will be fit enough to start at right back. Um, I think Pierre Milhoibier probably needs a night off just so he deserves a little rest or at least if he's on the bench. But the advantage, of course, you've got in the Europa League is you're allowed to make five substitutions. So I think you start strong and you hope that you can get two or three goals up and then on the R mark you take Kane and Son off and you, you bring on a couple of others. Um, but we've got an embarrassment of riches now to play in not just that 10 role, but in the, in the wide attacking role as well. You've got Lamella and Lucas and Delhi who all seem to have a point to prove at the moment. We haven't even mentioned Stephen Bergvine, who seems to have sort of disappeared of late. Um, and, you know, I, I would start with Kane and then maybe hopefully get a couple of goals up and bring on Vinicius with, with about half an hour to go or something like that. But you can't go in with the sides that we were seeing in the group stages that are at Europa League because at this stage of the competition you just get turned over. Dan, I remember we had that we had to chat before about players using the Europa League as an opportunity to show they deserve a place in that that starting Premier League eleven. It's kind of more prominent than ever now, isn't it? You you really have to do something special to break up at least nine of the positions in the starting Prem team. Yeah, you do, but the the games are so relentless at the moment that I think there just has to be rotation and there, there will be opportunities for people and obviously Bale has used the Europa League very well you know he used the, I don't think we'd be talking about his performance yesterday if he hadn't done what he, he did against Wolfsburger um, so it can be a really valuable competition and, and the kind of ideal scenario from Dinamo is that kind of Delhi uses those two legs in the same way that Bale used the Wolfsburger legs you know really kicks on um, runs the game gets a couple of goals uh, so yeah, I, I agree with Jamie. I think it'll probably. I can't see him not starting with Kane and Son, but then I, I do think Son in particular. You know, it'd be nice if he got a decent rest ahead of Arsenal because he he's played a lot of football and, and he looks a bit leggy. Um, and then I think the, the fullbacks will be an interesting one because um, you know I suspect they'll be rotated as well. Um, and, and then maybe Dyer comes in. Although yeah, this I know, think I think there's an issue one, at centre back. I think that's mm. I think that's where where you have the issue now. Do you protect the the the, the two who have created quite a nice nice partnership, and do you remove them from the Europa League, or do you play them consistently? 
because for me i think something that i stand by is that you should stick to your main two and they're your main two and that's it but i understand toby needs his legs looked after so for me i'd actually can i'd actually think about maybe a, a completely different centre-back pairing and saving them for arsenal because one thing jose should Mourinho should understand is spurs fans want to beat arsenal especially in a season like this just rubbing salt in the wound for them leave them down there and wherever they are 10th 11th ah, yeah, I can't well, see that <laughs> you do a complete rotation and the only option is to play Dyer and Tanganga yeah and you know that's do you think it's too much I don't know Risky. I mean, Toby has to be rested but I just wonder whether you might see Dyer alongside Sanchez which will give heart palpitations to any <laughs> fans listening because that's the one that we always think oh god heart in the mouth moment but um but yeah, you're, you're right. That, that is the one issue now. Well, it always has been the issue, I suppose, centre-back, really. But that's where you really do need to see some form of rotation. James, you know what gave me heart palpitations there is when you said the word heart. I was like, nope. <laughs> 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 no. Not heart in this one. <laughs> um, right, that was enormous fun. Thank you so much for coming on, Jamie. It's been great to have you, mate. Um, thank you to Dan, thank you to Sean, thank you to Hunter. Make sure you check out everyone's social channels and give everyone a follow uh, before Jamie comes off Twitter for good. Um, <laughs> and make sure you do subscribe to the pod and leave us a rating and review if you enjoyed it. We'll be back for you on Friday to talk through that Europa League game and look ahead to the North London derby against Stars and see what it's done. What a feeling, what a night. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.